Hulk Hogan sounds like he could smash a 12 rack of twisted tea. It's October 5th, 2022. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 117. Watching regulatory capture in the world of tomorrow. I'm Abel Kirby. And reaching around the grunts, I'm Cold Acid. Uh, 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 uh. Not that says I love you like a reach around. <laughs> well, we did it. I, well, it's it's episode 117 or 117. So I had to I had to make a halo joke. Yes, we are starting with the John 117, not a Bible verse, but the protagonist of Halo, the Master Chief, as he were. Uh, yes, I'm, which makes which makes today's episode Rare Encounter Master Chief Edition. Yes, I have uh, some boostograms to to roll in, including one that celebrates that. I want to do this right off the top of the show. Um, I think we had an 888 sats from Carolyn uh, that we missed at the end of last show, which was adult happy meals should include should be include boosts. And I we may have done it the last end of last show. I just can't remember hearing that one. So I'm going to read it here just for a make good. Um, then in the lurch, uh, we've had 333 sats from Sir Spencer, um, doing some kind of IRC test. Interesting. Uh, we had 10 sats from Damanaiku with no message. Uh, so thanks for that. We also had, um, 5,000 sats from Tom Starkweather. No message. And that was for the pre-show earlier today. We've also got, uh, 7,096 sats from carolyn and carolyn says i relish in rare encounter well we're such a delicious show i can't blame her <laughs> and finally right under the wire just as i was clicking the button to end the pre-show i saw this one come in from sir spencer it is 11,111 sats and it says node karma boost for cold acid so i want to make sure we read that so Aww, you get your thanks. Node karma. yeah I hope I can get it back up soon, but uh, I'm starting to think it might actually be the SSDs themselves because I've started seeing SSD problems with my Nextcloud Pi as well. Yeah. So do you want I got a new I got a new cable today, uh, adapt USB SATA adapter, and so far uh, things haven't gone tits up with the Node. So hopefully it'll be. It'll be back up sometime in the near future. But if that doesn't work, then all I can assume is that the SSD is fuckered and I need new ones. Yes, we've had the node technology has been growing uh, slowly but surely. But there are so many wrinkles and, and bugs and uh, and things that need to be worked out and ironed out with time. So I don't think that's the that's the problem, though. I like it's it's a hardware problem, whether it's the whether it's the. Uh, USB to SATA mm -hmm. adapter, or it's the SSD itself, and it's being exposed as uh, failures in the file systems. You you could say that the, um, you know, like Sir Spencer's problems were more to do with Tor than with his node too, but I, I would still lump them in as uh, uh, pains of running your own node. I, I realize well, definitely pains of running your own node, but it's also pain of running my own Nextcloud instance. Yep. Um, I, I'm just being more generous with the categorization here. I, I realize we're going to disagree on this. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, for, for those who are asking in the chat, 
My SSDs are Samsung 870 Evos. 870 Evos? I don't think I've yes. used any of these. Of the one of the one terabyte size. Interesting, interesting. Hey, what was that? That was a guava flavored. I think you can take it from there. Haritos. <laughs> that was the Master Chief edition. Of course, the Mexican Master Chief is not from Halo. He's from Ola. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I, if I was doing this right, I wouldn't have had Haritos today. I would have had a Mountain Dew. Uh, yes, because of Halo? Because that's gamer juice. Yes. Bro. You get your drink and verification And Doritos, can. right? Get Instead your... of having a burrito, I could have had Doritos. You could have drank a verification can for the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm doing um, some pretty mellow stuff today. Uh, it's going to be a little less high octane for me. Uh, so I actually just have some lemon tea. It has been a while since I had a tea show. But it's uh, I'm feeling it, man. I just need to calm down. And there's my one slurp for the show. I'll try and keep it off the mic for the rest of it. Uh, <laughs> but it is pretty nice. It's a caffeine-free, so I I, uh, I should be all chill and relaxed with this thing. Herbal tea. It's actually lemon ginger now that I look closely at the packet. But nothing special. That would have been nice this morning. Yeah. It's been a I'm stress- still having a bit, of a bit of a weird feeling in the gut, but I'm definitely feeling a lot better than I did this morning. Oh, yeah. I saw you were sick. So you know, I was feeling sick. I've been I've been really um, stressed out, and I think maybe you have been the same way too. But just the travel, which by the way isn't ending. Um, we should talk about the previous episode really fast. I want to finish producing the previous episode right after we do this one because it's not done yet. It's still on my yeah. travel laptop, and you know, recording that at like two a.m. local time. I woke up and. Uh, Tried to get out of the hotel and it was everything was like, oh, well, we got to charge you an extra like seven euros for something. And we didn't know she couldn't tell me what it was for uh, on checkout. Then I got onto the finally got to the airport, got into my plane. I was worried I was going to miss it because the airport shuttle only comes like once every hour. I thought it was going to come once every 20 minutes. And, I, and so anyway, I got there. I got through the airport. Duh, duh, duh. And uh, as soon as we're on the tarmac waiting to go, the pilot comes on. He says, well, first he says a bunch of stuff in French and then. The way it works is immediately after that, they come and say it on, say it in English. And he says, yes, and air traffic control is on strike today. And uh, they say they're not going to have any planes in the uh, taking off or landing, or at least taking off, uh, for several hours. So we're going to sit down and wait for an hour just to see what happens. And then we're going to wait another hour and see what happens. And then we're going to give you the option to leave the plane. If you want to go just take a bus somewhere, <laughs> that's a possibility. And half the plane because the plane was going from Marseille to Paris I I'm not aware of the public transit options in France but it seemed like there was a a train or something that you could get to because I heard some muttering and mumbling um amongst the uh the English speaking passengers that they said well we're just going to get off the plane we should have got on the train we could have been there <laughs> and yeah uh, actually mainland mainland Europe at least western Europe or I don't I can't speak for Spain, but from from like or France, France, yeah, France and Germany and Italy and all the little countries in between, there is a lot of rail. Things are well connected by rail. Yep. There's a couple stories that I I wanted to bring up that I did not fully, I was not able to articulate 
Um, on the previous show, due to my deteriorated uh, awakeness, there was two things I really wanted to mention, and they were on my list, and I, I didn't get to them. Um, the first was an experience uh, walking around and shopping. I think I told you that the Budweiser beer was actually cheaper in France than it was in Ohio. Uh, but I also went around and I went to a tobacco store and just looked around. I said, oh, give me a pack of smokes. And you know what I got? I got a pack of Naked Man cigarettes. Naked Man cigarettes. Had, that sounds- yeah, they had like a naked man on the package in a fetal position, curled up, and it said a bunch of shit in French. But that was, it was like a pack of Marlboros or something. And, and, uh, Please tell me you took a picture of this. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I could get you one. I did put it in my, it's for last yeah. show anyway. But, um. Yeah, but now, now that, now that we've talked about this, the people need to see. The naked Frenchman. Oh, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho. So this is, we were having some trouble deciding what the purpose of this was. And at first it, it was, well, they're trying to, uh, they're trying to discourage you from smoking by putting a naked man on the front. They said, no, it's French. They're all gay. It's probably th- like, this is what happens when you smoke our bomb cigarettes. You get to be the naked man, something like you that. Get, you get to, you get to strip off all your clothes and curl up in the fetal position. <laughs> That's what it's like. But, uh, so that was a little, little bit of fun. And the second thing I wanted to mention, I was kicking myself. I remembered it immediately after we wrapped um, I didn't tell you about the Sudoku. The Sudoku? The Sudoku. I was on a lot French of... French Sudoku? I was on a lot of long flights, transatlantic flights lately, um, and the those are fine, but when I did the in-country flight from Marseille to um, uh, Charles de Gaulle, I was looking over, you know, it's the daytime, You can the cabin lights are on, and you're looking around, and I saw the guy in front of me. I could see the guy next to me had his phone open, and he's playing Sudoku. And I look over to the guy on the other side of me, this other old Frenchman. They're all like old, like gray Frenchman. He's playing Sudoku on his phone. And then I look into the seat and they don't know each other. It's not like they're together. They're just random French guys. The seat in front of me, there's a guy playing Sudoku on his phone. But this guy, he has like one of those big ass phones. And he had a Sudoku puzzle, but he also had picture in picture going. And you know what he had in the picture in picture? He had a bunch Pornography. Of, well, he had a bunch of music videos that were like softcore porn. And so he'd play Sudoku, and then there, he, the music video would be playing in the background. And then every time there'd be like a topless lady on on the front, he'd hit the, the big screen button, and he'd watch the music video. And so he would just like, he'd flip over, he'd do Sudoku, and then we, he would see tits. He'd flip, he'd hit the button and watch it. And so I was watching, I was watching these music videos on silent and trying to solve Sudoku at the same time. And it was actually pretty good. Well, now we have a new French sport. <laughs> yes, porn Sudoku. Sudo tits. Sudo tits. <laughs> but it was very interesting. I think they were all European um, music videos. I don't know. Probably, probably, probably because I can't see uh, North American music videos having exposed tits in them. Oh, some of them have, but but they're rap videos. You know what I mean. These look yeah. these look like like rock videos like uh, um, like the kind of music they don't make anymore, but they make in France for old men. <laughs> probably for younger men too. Uh, probably for younger men. No, those those are the rap videos. <laughs> well, uh, that's it. Um, the one thing I want to get back to, I'm going to punt this for now. But I watched a lot of movies on airplanes. I want to do some film reviews. Maybe we'll do them uh, maybe in the second half of the show. 
Okay. Film reviews on Rare Encounter. Yep. Um, yeah, we need a jingle like that, maybe, like they got for Hog Story. Now for movie reviews. What what uh what have you been up to lately? Besides, um, you you told me something about beer cans in the pre-show. Well, uh, this weekend I was up at the cottage. Mm. It was a long weekend for us, or at least for some people here in Canada, because Friday, September thirty, was the Day of Truth and Reconciliation. Oh, another Halo theme. It's, it's because they had a famous ship in Halo called the Truth and Reconciliation. So this this is because of like all the all the like the school abuse that happened to natives from like the late 1800s into like the 1960s even. And so after this whole Truth and Reconciliation Commission happened, one of one of their suggestions was creating a national holiday for people to reflect on all the all the bad things that the Anglos did to the natives in the uh, in the residential schools. Now, I've heard about some of this. Uh, I think it was an NPR clip. Uh, I'm trying to recall exactly where I heard it. It might have if it was NPR, the my first guess is I heard it on a hog story. But where they had schools where they would take these kids and say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll educate them. And then it turns out they would just uh, – if the kids died, they wouldn't tell anyone. they just kind of bury them in the backyard, the native kids, I yeah, should say. Yeah, there was stuff like that. There were, there were kids who were physically and emotionally abused, some even sexually abused, who would run away and end up like either, either getting like addicted to something – uh, living on the streets or like dying trying to walk or hitchhike their way back home. Mm. It's a really dark chapter in uh, in Canadian indigenous relations mm. for sure. Now I used to watch FNX the uh, the channel back when I got it on uh, over the air, and uh, they used to have some specials that were pretty interesting because they were from that perspective, and. It, you know, I watch it kind of the same way I listen to uh, NPR, which is okay. Okay, they're they're they have a side, you know, that they're showing. But it was interesting to actually see some of that uh, uh, the politicking about about native rights and uh, native history is a lot stronger in Canada than it is in America. That's what I learned from watching FNX. Yeah, because because we didn't like have things like the Trail of Tears, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, part part of the founding of America had to had to do with indigenous people being given some rights and land by the crown that the colonists weren't happy about. Hmm. I mean, look, you're in Ohio, so you are living in like the very place that uh, part of the part of the independence war was fought about, because that was all that was all Indian territory, mm -hmm. right? Following and the colonists didn't like that. The trail of tears. But anyway, I'm I don't want to get into the whole history and politics there. Primarily for for most Canadians, uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day was more or less the day where you didn't hear your usual DJs on the radio. You heard a bunch of pre-produced clips from indigenous radio hosts and artists and uh and id poll people. 
Okay, so it was pre-produced. Um, I don't want to. I'm searching for the word here, but um, not pedantic. Uh, uh, patronizing stuff. It wasn't all patronizing. On honestly, I think it was for the most part done pretty well. It's just that some people were were not just there because they were indigenous. They were on there because they were checking off all the id pull boxes. I see. So like the the queer transsexual native person and things like that, right? Because it's not enough that it's not enough that they're natives, some of whom are survivors of the residential schools, some of whom are children or grandchildren of survivors. No, some of these people were there because they checked off the other boxes. Well, this is not a holiday we have in the U.S. Uh, in the U.S., we do have some upcoming holidays. One of them is Columbus Day. And I'm checking right now to see if it's already passed. Uh, they had a... No, it's coming up in uh, very early in October. It's uh, the 9th, which is... Um, looking at it, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And that's when a lot of places in New England actually get the day off. On a Sunday? On a, well, you get a observed... And so like, you get, it'll be a paid so holiday. New England gets gets the Monday off then I assume. Oh, I don't. That's our Thanksgiving up here in Canada because it's too cold to do Thanksgiving on the same day as you guys. Yeah. Serpent says New York all which by the way is not in New England uh, also gets Columbus Day off. You know what I'm waiting to find out and I do not yet know if Columbus Ohio gets Columbus Day off. What do you think about they that? They should. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to see. It's hard to tell. There's been a campaign against Columbus Day for a long time. In Colorado, they did not like Columbus Day unless you were Italian. Then you loved it. Or uh, Spanish. The, yeah. uh, it's uh, interesting. Interesting times. Well, we had some... You know what we forgot to mention? What? We forgot to mention our executive producer for tonight. Aha. Uh -huh. um, yeah. By count, I think you have it from PayPal. Is that it? Yes, that's correct. We got 666 donation from Bayern Giant, who says, Just take my cuck box. I'll be a rare encounter gymnast in no time. Stay fruity, gentlemen. Stay fruity, gentlemen. And for that, he becomes our executive producer for tonight's show. Aha. He got lost. I, I didn't have that in front of me. So uh, apparently, apparently, where, where no agenda has nights and... Grumpy old Ben's has gurus. Apparently, we have gymnasts. <laughs> I like it. Can we get? What are some famous gymnasts? Pink was a gymnast, wasn't she? I don't know. She was. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, How about Lugosh? Lugosh. The, the the gymnast so tough he escaped into East Germany. <laughs> yeah, I remember that guy. Um, <laughs> I remember that joke too. They had a dog. He's cat now. <laughs> So gymnasts, I do like gymnasts. I, yes, I, I like I like female gymnasts quite a bit. I I like how flexible they are. Okay, uh, I think the first here is gymnast. If you want to be a gymnast, send some sets or some cuck bucks to rear encounter. I don't know how we're going to handle uh, accounting, uh, but uh, I think we can start naming some gymnasts. How about even as soon as next episode? Uh, we'll run through the numbers and figure this shit out, I yeah. guess. I will rerun the leaderboard. Yes. Which is still not automatic. I, it's a manual process, but I will do that um, as long as you remind me before I get on a plane Saturday. 
I will run it. And, uh, and Sign up uh, a cron job. It cannot be done with a cron job. There's too many manual ah. steps. Well, get it scripted so it doesn't need any manual steps anymore. The hook, and then set up a cron job. The hook that I need to be scripted is in the next uh, release of RTL. Okay. And it is a feature that I requested, and it's it's in the thing, but it's uh, not done yet. So, And I can't rush those guys because they do it for free, you know what I mean? Yeah, I so know. I'm patient. I'm, I'm going to do it manually until, uh, until it <laughs> works out. Well... Thank you, Byron Giant, for executive producing the show. You're on your way to be a gymnast. A gym rat. Jeez, wow. Join the the gym. This sounds so terrible, though. It sounded better when it was just gymnast. <laughs> well, I've got something. You know, at this point, you know what? We should, since we mentioned Grumpy Old Benz, how about you give us the rundown? All right, let's do the rundown. Uh, Grumpy Old Benz, I don't think they had a podcast uh, this week, but they had a previous episode, which we may have neglected to mention which was episode 196 portland plague I believe that was from the 27th of september uh the uh yeah that was a good episode i listened to it entirely inside showers just so you know nice and so when i'm listening to it i'm in the shower i'm uh you know making noise moving around that's what i do lathering up <laughs> lathering up to the sweet to the sweet sounds of ryan bemrose and darren o'neill that's right and you gotta be careful because you know when bemrose goes on a bem rant i get a bemrection <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you had to do that while i was taking a sip <laughs> no it's great i love that show uh ball after ball had episode 194 the secret stars i tried to get a, uh, I tried to listen to that, and for some reason, CurioCaster was playing the previous episode of Bowl After Bowl, and I could not get it to not do that. <laughs> and so I haven't listened to this one yet. I did listen to about 25 minutes of the previous episode before realizing I'd heard it before. So, uh, so there's that. <laughs> you must have been tired. I I was. Um, Hog Story had episode 320, Hung Out, Handed Out. That was recorded last night, and uh, it was a quality episode. No, not last night. The night before last night. Uh, Hog Story. I'm so strung out, man. It was recorded on Monday. (laughs) Uh, Hog Story 320, Hung Out, Handed Out. Cold, I'm I'm working from home for the rest of the week. I can't, I told the office, I'm just not going in. Uh, (laughs) Don't blame you. I need, I need to... I need space to uh, to finish up the. Th- I've told you, I have a shitload of stuff to do, and it's not. A, it's it needs to be done soon, so I'm just I'm hunkering down at home. So that'll help. I'll be drinking a lot of tea. Um, behind the schemes also was on Monday. They had episode one nineteen that was called one hundred percent genuine leather mistakes. Now those are good mistakes, man. Yeah, genuine leather mistakes. That sounds pretty good to me. That's up behind the schemes. That show has been rocking lately. It's a very fun show. BTS, man. BTS. Bind. BTS. Bind, torture, skill. That's what I've been thinking. That's what they have. Uh, One more note. We had abs in a six-pack. Fletcher was on episode 169, which was called Pound Release the Crater Number. And that's one that I've been listening to. I think I'm halfway through. I, I, I've been catching that one late. I was listening to it uh, on the drive today. And uh, Fletcher's so the crater on. number is 169? <laughs> Release the crater number. That's the episode 169, I think. 
unless I've mistaken in my notes. But they discuss uh, some topics that are near and dear to us, including magnetic pole reversal. Cool. It's Which is still a topic I feel like it has not been fully wrung out. Like, every time it gets covered, so a couple of podcasts do it, we talk about it once in a while. And I want to do some special on that someday. Like, and I mean, yeah. like, a heavily researched... M- with citations and you know start with a 20 minute explanation of what magnetic fields even are <laughs> like something that's almost borderline educational but but not too educational because we don't want to be that the rear encounter educast the educast we're gonna edge you all the way the edgecast <laughs> hey if you're a gymnast i'll edge you <laughs> <laughs> Yes, edge edge those gymnasts. Well, I saw some gymnasts at um, the Wasteland Weekend, and I sent you the photos. I really hope you've reviewed them all. Uh, yes, I did <laughs> review them all, and those were some awesome pictures. All right, so this is the first story that I wanted to bring up today. It's really just an article from The Sun, and the, most of the story is just looking at these excellent, excellent pictures that they've uh, posted. The link I will post an IRC unless you just, I see it blink. Did you just do that? Nope, I will do it. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, this is the Wild Mad Max style festival, which includes fights to the death in post-apocalyptic uh, races, I suppose, and this took place in the Mojave Desert. Uh, and the second, so which is, the first thing that's surprising about it is that it exists. The second thing that's surprising about it is it's the 12th annual Wasteland Weekend, and I've never heard of this thing. It's a um, five-day festival in the desert where people have basically Mad Max cosplay. And so the first picture of the article is this, um, I guess it it is a uh, convoy of desert, like, dune buggies that are all tricked out in Mad Max-style shit with, like, big flame canisters sticking up out of the exhaust. There's a guy with what looks like a Spartan shield. Um, it looks absolutely fantastic. And, uh, some of the pictures are great. There's a lot of, uh, women posing, like, just dressed in, what is that, police tape? (laughs) With thigh-high stockings. Outside some kind of Mad Max-style fortress. There's a lot of tires everywhere, you know, that kind of shit. So. They removed the, they removed the picture of the... Of the fight inside Thunderdome with the topless chick. Oh, they did? Crap. Yeah. I should have cut that out. Oh, man. Fortunately, the URL still worked for me, so I have it saved. Nice. They used to have 15 pictures in the article when we were looking at this um, maybe Monday night. Now there's only 14. The picture that was censored and removed was a picture of, um, let's describe it for the audience, two chick. A chicken Thunderdome hanging upside down from a trapeze. I'm trying to do it from memory. And it's like she's completely topless and she's fighting a guy to the death with a big bludgeon thing. Does that... Yeah, the dude is the one who's upside down. Oh, the dude's upside down and she's swinging in with basically a big foam bat (laughs) and smacking him. Yeah, they both got the boffer weapons. Yes. This looks absolutely fantastic and it is a thunderdome kind of arena like it's the big crossbars there's guys climbing up on it <laughs> two men enter one men man enter, leaves one man leaves <laughs> this looks absolutely bonkers um i this 
this is what steampunk should have been, not this like gay mustache contest. This isn't steampunk, this is desert punk. This is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and uh, then the, the cap, the picture I actually put in the show notes, I think really, really sells the whole festival. It is someone playing what looks like a baritone sax and the sax is shooting fire. <laughs> As it's played. Yeah, that is that is pretty awesome. It, it is a great, great uh, picture. So kudos to Alex Kent for the U.S. Sud. We want to promote the hell out of this photo set, in the, uh, and we want to promote the link to this. This is an excellent article. Uh, oh, yeah, and the guy drinking beer out of a prosthetic leg. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool, too. Oh, it's perfect. It is perfect. Oh, man. I want to go to this. Now, I do. This does bring us to a, a topic that uh, that is near and dear to my heart, and we skimmed over with Behind the Schemes. But did, were you aware that there is a rare encounter Behind the Schemes meetup happening next year? Yeah, there is. There. Where? At the ga- it's the gathering. I thought we're we're having we're having a meetup at the gathering of juggalos. I found this out by listening to Boober. He told everyone we're doing it. So I think it must be true. Holy shit. So we're going to apparently, according to Boobery, we're all going to go to some juggalo gathering next year in Ohio. I think it is in Ohio next year, too. It might be. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Gathering of juggalos 2023. <laughs> It is, um... Tickets and schedule. Yeah, how much does it cost? Because that's what I need to know the most. Nothing, I hope. You just show up. You okay, have to bring... That isn't... Yeah, that's not telling me anything. B-Y-O-F? Bring your own Fago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking at looking at when it was for 2022, if it's around the same time, we're already going to be at, uh, at uh, Gen Con. So what I heard you say was double header. <laughs> I don't think I could survive that. I think we have to. You, if you don't survive, I won't have a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll negotiate this over the next uh, over the next coming months. But I want to make an effort to uh, to have this thing happen. Uh, some kind of meetup is going to happen either way. So we'll we'll see. Uh, it'll be fun to plan too and get some. We may even do a live show if we can get you down there. Uh, we may do a live podcast episode uh, event, even. Uh, well, at uh, at Gen Con, I was I was expecting that we would do like a live special episode from uh, from the convention. Yeah, let's look into what it takes to get a table and if it's possible to get a podcaster. Um, sometimes I, there's been conventions before where if you um, do the right thing you can get a or pull the right string um, you can get like one of these little conference rooms or something where you can set up a studio and record a podcast they've done it at I think CES has done it and even like low tier uh, people who don't have who don't have big marketing budgets can do this stuff so I want to see if we can uh, pull it off otherwise we'll do it in a hotel room <laughs> well that covers the wasteland weekend uh, topic and I've got a couple more things to to go into. Uh, do you have stuff that you want to get into this week? What's oh your- yeah, I've got uh, I've got stuff for sure. All right, hit me with something. So turns out that uh, that Japan is becoming a nation of vol cells. 
Volcells. Now this, yeah, these are the grass-eating men. Is that the term for them? It's not just the men. The women are eating grass now too, and not in the kinky lesbian porn film sense. <laughs> porn film. <laughs> porn film. Yeah, Yay, chew- my tongue. Yeah, they're chewing their cud. That's cud people. Yeah. So there is a study that was done by. National Institute of Population and Social Security Research. Okay. In Japan, and they found that they found that more and more people in Japan just aren't interested in relationships in the first place anymore. So, did the, how did they do the survey though? Cuz if you just walk up to people's houses and say, "Hey man, you want to bang?" That's the answer <laughs> moshi might Moshi moshi <laughs> sex desu? Moshi moshi. <laughs> Yes. Uh, some of those techniques are more effective than others. Uh, I'll let you know. So, was it a survey then? Yeah, it sounds like it. A, se- a survey. Self-selecting survey? I'm not sure. It doesn't. The article doesn't go into that much detail about the survey methods themselves. Mm, very interesting. So it could have been anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew, Interesting. Every five years, they do this survey to gauge attitudes towards marriage and having children. The question is, do you want a relationship with someone of the opposite sex? Now, what I've been hearing is that, is that, well, well, they're definitely, like, getting less and less interested in each other in Japan. Foreigners are finding it easier and easier to pick up people of the opposite gender. Ooh, Interesting. So maybe 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 they got some white fever going on over there. Get the gadget smash going on. Oh yeah, gadget smash. Gadget smash. It's my special move. Are you ready for my special move, brother? That was my <laughs> bad. That was a very bad Hulk Hogan. I apologize. That was a very yeah. That was terrible. I'm very mellow. It's hard to do Hulk Hogan with lemon tea. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a tea drinker to me. He sounds like a twisted no, he tea doesn't drinker. See- <laughs> he is. Hulk Hogan sounds like he could smash a 12-rack of Twisted Tea (laughs) in a a pool. (laughs) Sometimes he sounds like he already did, too. (laughs) Now, I got something that's a bit more fun as well. Yeah? And that is is breaking the rules of Dungeons & Dragons to create a fusion bomb. Really? Really. So I'm sure you've heard about the peasant railgun, right? Where... (laughs) Where you have like a whole lineup no. of peasants. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this is a thing from like third edition onwards. Something that you can do uh is ready an action so that when somebody else so if somebody else <laughs> does something, then you can react to that. And so this whole idea was if you got a whole line of peasants and they all readied an action for the person at the end to pass over a 10-foot pole, then each of them could, in the, in the, in the span of the six-second round, launch this, uh, launch this 10-foot wooden pole at relativistic speeds. The problem is the math doesn't work out for that, unfortunately. Okay. Do you, do you use relativistic die for this? A relativistic dice? You could, but the fact the fact is, the peasant railgun to to give you like something fast enough, uh, you would need like thousands of to millions of peasants 
lines running into miles <laughs> in length to get to get a pole moving enough with enough energy for uh, for actually smashing things with even less force than a civil war cannon. <laughs> All right, this is this is amusing to me. So, and with this modified formalism, a Tunguska-level peasant railgun requires three times 10 to the power of 17 peasants arranged in a 46 light-year-long line. <laughs> so that's what you would need. That's That's how many peasants you would need and how long the line would have to be for them to launch a 10-foot pole with enough energy to recreate the uh, Tunguska blast. Jeez. That's... Now, here's, a, here's another thing that you could do instead. You could use the Enlarge Reduce spell and Wall of Force with, with some rocks to essentially create a star in place. <laughs> This is so dumb. You're gonna create a star in D and D. This is by using. Yeah. So, so here, here's here's the thing with enlarge reduce. It actually it actually takes the uh, the square cube law in, into uh, into the rules. So when some when something is is doubled in size, it quadruples in weight. Hey, that's not true. That's true for certain. Ah, let me tilt my head. That's true for certain geometries, but it's not true for all of them. And uh, uh, you're you're talking about spheres, I believe. Is that what you're talking about? In this case, we're talking about a rock. A rock. A circular a rock. A rock. A spherical. A regular rock? everyday rock. Not stuck inside. Stuck inside a cube of wall of force. Okay. Right. And because the wall of force, what happens? What happens is. The rock, despite having this cast on it, is it continues to increase in mass <laughs> despite the fact that it cannot lo it can no longer expand in size. So you can imagine you can imagine what this leads to as you keep casting enlarge on the rock that's held inside this space. <laughs> it is continuing to become denser and denser and denser. And then when you release the when you release the walls of force, well, that density causes uh, causes uh, silicon to fuse. <laughs> this is you're going to have a whole primitive technology channel that's just you describing how to do things in Dungeons and Dragons by the end of this. It's just going to be like, how are we going to exploit the rules of D&D &D to do like warthog jumps or some weird like in-game hacks? A side note on the energetic favorability of fusion versus fission. <laughs> Silicon burning is the last stage of stellar fusion because fusion becomes energetically unfavorable after this step. Yep. This chart explains why it is. Yep. And there's a chart here showing that... Uh, as you head as you head towards uh, as you head towards iron, mm -hmm. fusion produces energy uh, when you're starting from helium, but but uh, loses on fusion heading from iron to heavier elements. Whereas with fission, it's the reverse. Yep, I think nickel would be the other side of that if I if I remember properly. 
I you said you said iron, but I for some reason nickel was in my head. But that doesn't I'm matter. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure this diagram is accurate because I've seen it before that uh, that iron fifty six is the peak. At which point you are you are going to lose energy continuing along from one or the other extremes of the uh, of the table of elements. So this is, I, I'm just looking at some of the equations in this, and there's some curves that are nonlinear, and I just want to, um, I'm, pond, I'm wondering aloud, are there nonlinear dice? Like, instead of, like, what if you had a die where the faces were different sizes? So I guess it would be more easier for, it would be more stable on one side than the other? It would be yeah, more likely. I, I believe there are, there are, there are definitely... Uh, geometric trick dice mm. where the where the faces can be different sizes but not but not in a way that people would normally notice mm. I wonder if you could get a die that does it rolls a normally distributed number I wonder how you would do that that would be interesting uh, of course you would need you would need a die made out of a uh, out of perfect material and with all atoms like perfectly spaced out between them you know, uh, he, actually, here's, I know they do this already, uh, but what you usually do is you roll a bunch of, uh, a die would be uniformly distributed, let's say, um, if, if it was like, a, had a high enough number of faces, then it would be a closer and closer approximation to a uniform distribution. But if you roll a bunch of them and uh, take the sum or something like that, you know, if you make a composite of the ensemble of a bunch of different uniform distributions, you actually get a normal distribution, so... I think that's how you have to do it. Now I'm getting serious. I'm seriously discussing. <laughs> it's called the central tendency theorem, I think. Or something along the lines of that. But anyway, um, we could do yeah. statistics. So you want, you want dice like your cows. Spherical. <laughs> Spherical. Spherical cows, man. Spherical cows in a vacuum is how we roll. It's the only time. That's yep. the only people who think this podcast is funny are spherical cows in a vacuum. And, tho and those who research them. <laughs> and those who research them. Well, we've got some other uh, bastardizations of form, besides the uh, these strange cows. I wanted to bring this keyboard called the G-Board. Did you see these photos? The G-Spot board? The G-Spot no, board is from Google Japan. And... The video is all in Japanese, so I can't clip it for the show, and it's not even... The material of the video is is not as interesting as the description of it, which is Google Japan... And I've been going back and forth trying to figure out if this is a joke or not. Um, and I think they're completely serious about it. They took a keyboard, which is usually like four or five, maybe six rows, depending on how um, sparse you want to get with the, the buttons on it. Um, that are arranged into, I don't know, what is it, 30 columns or something like that? And they're off. You know what a keyboard looks like, obviously. I don't know why I'm trying to describe a keyboard. Everyone knows what they look like. A computer keyboard. Oh, uh, like 13 or 14 <laughs> columns. 13 or 14 columns. I'll take your word for it. And what they did is this, what if every single button was in, what if we, we um, reformed the matrix? What if, what is the operation called uh, if you... If you reshape the matrix so it would be a 1 by, you know, uh, 100 
or 104. Uh, just a single row where all of the keys are on this big, big row. And that's what they did. They made this thing called the G board, which is um, 1,650 millimeters is what they build it as, as the so length. Over, over, over a meter and a half. Yeah. And it's just this single row with all the keys that you need on your keyboard. And they can put it on, you can put it on like the edge of your desk and it doesn't take up any extra space and the cat can't step on it. And, uh, it looks absolutely oh, oh, bonkers. You say, you say the cat can't step on it, but that sounds that sounds like a challenge to a cat. So you have they to. They will find a way. You have to see this video because they have pictures of like this long, like you said, it's over a meter long. There's a guy like he's walking a, across on a tightrope from. It's from the Empire State Building in New York City, and I don't know where the rope's going. <laughs> Um, I wonder if there's a building on the other end of that rope is what I'm thinking now. But he's like, he's using it as a balance. Uh, there's a guy who just has it like sliding it under his, um, his desk to pick something up. They're using it to push, push a light switch. You know, I'm measuring you my could, child. You could use it height. to measure somebody's height. So. I mean, this thing, this thing is taller than most <clears throat> Japanese uh, women or most, uh, most manlets worldwide. <laughs> What? Oh, that's a little cruel. Really? Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah, and there's the women taking it on a hike. They can take the keyboard on a hike. So, anyway, I wa I thought you would enjoy that as a keyboard enthusiast. Uh, it's not my kind of keyboard, but uh, it'll do. <laughs> it's very interesting. Interesting take on it. I like the thinking outside the box uh, that is happening here, even though it's absolutely retarded. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of thinking, right? Yeah. Now, did I mention did I mention last week about uh about floppy disks and fax machines? Fl now, floppy disks have been a beat for a while on here. Um I don't think we did. Oh, because uh another article that I came across, oh, Serpent says, says that did. I did. Okay. Well, d refresh my memory, just summarize it. Um Oh, because the the because they still use those everywhere in Japan, like municipal governments are still pretty much run off of copying that floppy and sneaker netting it across the office. Let's get the sneaker net going. Right. But I mean, they're not being made anymore. Right. So, yeah, I they've got to They've got to move on to something else. And so they have they have this agency, this federal agency in Japan that exists to uh, bring Japan's bureaucracy from the 1980s into the 2010s, at least. Well, this is silly. If you had the choice, if you could live in the 1980s or live in 2022, where would you want to live? 1980s. When would you want to live? Yeah. 1980s. Make a noise. Much Move better music. Yeah. I'm out of time. You're out of touch. Some of that kind of stuff. I yeah, those... Even the people, in, even the people in the in the troll room say they would rather be in the 80s. <laughs> We're gonna be in the 80s, then we'll be running in the 90s, and then it'll be the 2010s We're, again. We'll be running on empty in the 90s. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, let's see. Uh, I got some stuff to talk about. We've got some. How about those movie reviews? Yeah, hit us with the movie reviews. <clears throat> the movie reviews. Meow. 
Got a lot of that going on. I get a little bit of a stuffy nose too as I'm fighting. So, um, no, me. I'm just I'm just tripping over my tongue. <laughs> we had, uh, or I had a chance to watch several movies lately, and the ones I want to highlight are the ones I watched on airplanes. Um, the first one that I tried to watch was this Brian Wilson documentary. I can't even remember the name, but I put it on for about half an hour, and it was so bad. I got all, all excited about Brian Wilson. Um, I didn't know much about him. I know Beach Boys. I know he was lying was in bed. Was he lying in bed? He was lying in bed. That's about the extent of my Brian Wilson knowledge. Uh, I also know he wrote a lot of songs that I like, including, um, like, Disney Girls. Uh, he wrote that song, which uh, was then covered by Art Garfunkel later on. But this movie was terrible. It was a guy from Rolling Stone magazine driving around in a car with him and talking about, are you scared? Yeah, I'm scared. Are you scared right now? Yeah, I'm scared right now. Let's go to a diner. Okay. How are you feeling? Well, I'm a little scared. It's like fucking, this is absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, that sounds like a total snoozer. If, and it's one thing, Brian Wilson seems like a troubled guy, and that's how they present him in the, in the movie. But how many times do you have to just put this on display over and over and over and over again? Like, I got the point after the first time he said it even by the second time it's like okay you're going through this thing again um it i don't know it seemed on one level it was long like, promised road that might have been it i don't that might 2022 is when it came out and i should have been warned when i saw the uh the production credits for it um i'm trying to remember what it was it was like it might as well have been produced by QVC, you know? It was some other off-brand thing that was not what I expected it to be. But, so I turned that off, and then I watched Rush Hour with uh, the 1998 uh, Hong Kong, uh, you know, action crime movie, which is pretty good, uh, Jackie Chan movie. Everyone remembers Jackie Chan uh, more than anything else. Let me pull that up. But that, that movie actually held up pretty good. Um, the first time i saw it i think i was too young and i didn't really know i i guess i knew who jackie chan was but i didn't know who chris tucker was at the time so going back and watching it and like recognizing more actors is is a lot of fun the uh, fight choreography is still good i mean the stuff that jackie chan does in the jackie chan movies are is just excellent and it's funny uh the fights are funny is what i need to underscore for people who aren't familiar with his work the uh it's it's extremely entertaining uh and he's always got like a he's in like a ladder factory with a with a light pole or something like that and he has to you know he's fighting a guy with a with a lamp on a stick and and some guy punches it punches the bulb out and he like looks at it and goes oh you know he's got to have some some shtick like that through the whole thing not that that scene's in the movie but the um the uh jackie chan cop movies are excellent there's been a few of them. Um, I think there was Rush Hour 2 also, but I, I didn't watch that one. Um, the overall plot was the Jackie Chan is this uh, elite, he's this elite cop who is going to investigate an abducted child. And Chris Tucker is this detective, an LA, LAPD detective who's on the shit list because he doesn't have a partner. He doesn't want a partner. He's never going to get a partner. And he is so uh, bonkers in his approach to solving crimes and uh, arresting suspects. He's always got to have a flashy car, and he's always got to be cooler than everyone else in the room. And uh, he's not humble at all. And 
his boss hates him, and so he pairs him up. He says, oh, we got the Chinese guy. Let's put him on. <laughs> We're going to put him on detail. And so it's the LAPD um, is kind of the good guys in the movie, along with Jackie Chan. And the FBI is kind of the on the bad guys in the movie, which is something you saw in the 90s, but not in uh, the current current times. It used to be that the cop shows were about the local police officers and they'd say, oh, the FBI, oh, they're going to fuck it up. You know, that that was kind of the attitude. We got to get this case before the, the feds show up, you know. And then now the uh, narrative has been flipped around where the local cops are the idiots and all the, the shows are like the federal investigators always win the day, you know. And so that's been pointed out a couple times. I think we've said it on the show. It's It was an observation that I heard on... Was some other podcast. It might have even been No Agenda, um, but that's one that stuck with me. And every time I see it, it, it uh, I, I notice it. I always uh, underscore it in my mind. The whole thing was great, holds up. And that was that was the first movie I really want to review. The the second one, uh, I'll be a little more brief on, uh, but I will talk about it because it's a favorite uh, sequel from a '80s movie, which was Top Gun Maverick. Now, have you seen Top Gun Maverick, Cold Acid? I have not seen it. I'm I'm not interested in uh, in uh, little what's his face. Now, I like Tom Cruise. I like him yeah, more and more. His name. Every movie that he's in lately, I like him a little bit more. Uh, I used to hate the guy, or I wouldn't say hate the guy, but uh, not appreciate him. But lately, he's been doing a lot of fun movies. They're not uh, overly political. They're just movies in in the style of um, filmmaking that I like. Where it's honestly, I think it's just stuff. I think it's just the the fact that he became like this total blockbuster actor that just just like turns me off of anything that he's done since like the mid nineties. Mm. For the for like his weird behavior and all the Scientology things, that stuff I can like point and laugh at, but it doesn't really affect how I see him as an actor, just as a person. Well, I like Top Gun Maverick. It was a fun movie. A lot of airplanes in it. A um, lot of hand waving about uh, about air combat. I thought was fun. They uh, they have to they have to make the the fight that they have to fight in the movie. You know, is kind of a construction because without it, then the movie couldn't exist. Uh, but besides that, if you kind of suspend your disbelief about their mission and uh, and uh, the world that they live in, where this mission is, has become important then it's actually a really good movie about um with a lot of training montages it's it's you know most of the stuff in the movie happens during this training camp uh preparing for the mission and so maverick has uh well he's still a maverick and he's a test pilot and he's uh, always pushing the limit and breaking things and um he gets pulled back to top gun after what turns out to be a kind of um troubled career uh, where he had a lot of technical success, but then has never really been promoted, and um, the their Air Force is trying to get, or not the uh, the uh, the military is trying to get rid of him from all it, for all intents and purposes. But Ice, uh, the Val Kilmer character, uh, was Iceman. He, he just shows up as Ice in the uh, in the movie because he shows up in his text messages a lot, um, and that's his that's his name in Tom Cruise's in oh, Maverick's some- phone. His text messages. Okay, after having seen the original movie, I mean, just with the with just with the gap of time between that and 
Top Gun Maverick. Like, that is just, like, way too long a period of time to go for making for making this sort of sequel. No. And, and like, these things, like, oh, he's got text messages now and stuff. It's like, please. No, this was, this was great. And they're using SMS, like, they're not using... This is... When I saw the... These two old guys who are just texting each other. I said, oh, that's it. Because that's what you see in the background. It's a bunch of guys who are always texting each other, uh, um, making backroom deals and stuff. Um, and that's what the relationship between Tom two Cruise and... Two old guys texting each other. You know what that sounds like to me? <laughs> that sounds like a chick flick. N that's not what it is. I like you. I like you more. I like you even more. It's the it's the uh, deal uh, making that's going on in the background to get to get Maverick back in the school and he's the only one pulling for it. So there's what I'm trying to say that you're not appreciating is that there's a lot going on in here besides the airplanes, which I thought was kind of fun to watch. The drama was good too. The, um, and maybe I'm just not explaining it as well as it should. But when I, when I saw that, I just thought it was funny, uh, that they, they chose to portray it in that way. Cause it's, Oh yeah, that's how it is. Isn't it? The, um, production was great. Airplanes look great. Uh, the, Flying was actually amazing. The way they filmed it was cool, where they had a, uh, I think all of the scenes where the, they were flying, they were actually in the backseat of uh, one of these two-seater planes, and they filmed it in a way that made it look like they were in the front seat. So they're actually filming it, you know, in real military aircraft. Um, well, yeah, because they had Air Force support. Yeah, it, it's actually fantastic. If you like airplanes, you should definitely watch it. Uh, and and there's some hokey stuff. They had to get the callbacks with the uh, with the uh, F-14s and stuff. But you know, it's, a, it's yeah. A, that's it's one a of Hollywood the other things movie. I don't like about these like uh, like long wait sequels is like yeah, you're always going to have some callbacks to previous films. But I mean, like when it's something like this, all I expect is like there's going to be loads of cheap nostalgia callbacks all through the film. The thing that was most annoying about it is they couldn't define the enemy at all. It was like, oh, that's a fifth generation fighter. Oh, that's the the enemy, the enemy. And they wouldn't say like China or Russia or they wouldn't they wouldn't pick a country. Like what happened to Hunt for Red October? You had a definite um a definite foreign country that was not wasn't made up and you had a real kind of thing going on. It was fiction, right? But uh, it lived in the real world, and here it's like, oh, we don't want to name any country. That was maybe my main complaint with it is they were very ambiguous about who the threat was. Is it North Korea? Is it what? You know, and they uh, they they just completely go out of their way to make sure that you can never uh, say, oh, that was this country. You know, where Hollywood would then have to uh, kowtow to them, let's say, or uh, yeah, that's why they keep coming up with like. This, uh, these like Central American banana republics or Caribbean banana republics that don't actually exist on some <laughs> island that turns out to actually be middle of nowhere in the uh, Caribbean Sea, things like that. Yeah, it's uh, what I want to do is go back through the sniper film series. These which is what you've just reminded me of. And I think that's a better series than Top Gun because Top, Top Gun, you know, it's only had two movies and they're so far apart, but they're both really high budget and they're both really fun. Um, the, the movies you're talking about, just when you said the, the fake Banana Republic, all I could think of is Sniper. And 
I've been a fan of that series for a long time. I won't dwell on it too long, but I'll say that Sniper has... Um, they had 1993. I'm looking at the list. Sniper, Sniper 2, Sniper 3, Sniper Reloaded, Sniper Legacy, Sniper Gulf Soldier, Sniper Ultimate Kill, Sniper Assassin's End, Sniper Rogue Mission came out in 2022. These these movies are... Uh, oh, there's another unintended, un, uh, untitled Sniper sequel. Maybe it's unintended also. The Tom uh, Bergener is the guy who plays Sniper. It's the only thing he's ever been in as far as I know. He just plays the Sniper. Uh, I want to get on those next. I'm in the military. Uh, I'm in the military movie mood. Anyway, I can tell. let me wrap this up. I've been rambling about movies. Uh, I think that you would enjoy Top Gun Maverick, despite your uh, insistence that you despite wouldn't. my complaining, I probably what, would. I what, mean, there's a lot of stuff that I'll enjoy watching despite bitching about it constantly. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, did you see any movies lately? Do you want to do a movie bit? No, I no, I didn't. But uh, but. It is the start of a new anime season. God, well, and of course, I've been look. I've been looking through like, what what shows am I going to watch? Well, guess what? I know one that you're probably going to watch. Spy uh, X Family, Family Part, Part two. two. Yeah, I see that one. <laughs> yeah, I just opened the page. I saw it right on the front. Um, yeah, I need to finish uh, part one. That actually is a really good show, by the way. Have, have I told you that Pop, before? Yeah. Yes, it is. Pop Team Epic has uh, has a sequel that started. Hey, you know what we're going to watch? Uzaki-chan. Yes, we're definitely going to be watching Uzaki-chan. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, let me scroll. Why don't you tell me what you're interested in beyond that, uh, if there's anything, and I'm going to scroll through this and see if I, anything jumps out at me. Um, let me hit the refresh on this again, because... I see a Gundam show, so there's a new Gundam. Yeah, there's Gundam showing again. Um, there was... They're all on my tablet. Hold on. <laughs> okay. I, I had them checked off on there. Well, there's more Can Cole. You can be into that if you want. Um, I'm not into Can Cole. What's Red Eye Flops? Jeez. Jeez. That sounds interesting. Source is High Dive. Okay, Oh, High Dive's still around, huh? All the Sentai film work stuff. P oh, Peter Grill is having a sequel. You didn't yep, tell me. Peter Grill. We've been talking about that. We need to get that and get the clips. Renai uh, Flops is marked as one of one of my potentials for this season. I, I just was interested in the name. Oh, and Made in Abyss has a... What is this? Oh, it's a short film coming out. I need to yeah. go watch... Love Love Season 2. Yeah, I, I could take or leave that. There's a Neptune, uh, Neptunia, uh, OVA coming out. Not that I watch yeah, Neptunia stuff. Yeah, not the first. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, this this looks good. There's a couple things in here I'd watch. Yeah, it looks like it looks like an okay season. Not going to be watching too much of what's airing, but uh, I'm definitely going to be enjoying the jiggle factors in the stuff that I have chosen for this season. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a closer look. Some of these that look like new properties. It's hard to tell. I, I always pay more attention to original anime versus stuff that's been adapted from a light novel, unless I know what the light novel is already. Stu yeah, that's it. Renai Flops, that's why I'm, it looks so interesting. It's made by Studio Passion. Yeah. A favorite of ours, by the way. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, they've, they've, they've produced some uh, very interesting shows. Very uh, uh, interesting, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Butoku no Guild is another one that I'm going to be watching. I've been reading the manga 
uh, since it started uh, getting translated into English. And I find it pretty amusing. Yamanasume Susume uh, is about mountain climbing. Oh, it's a fourth season. Yeah, fourth season. Jeez. It tells you how out of touch I am. I'm cute out girls of climbing time. cute mountains. Girls, I'm out of touch. You're out of touch. I am. <laughs> All right, let's Mute uh, Yourself is another one I'm interested in. Mute? You, you see about this one? No. It's cute girls building furniture. <laughs> there really is an anime for everything. There is. Building, is it Ikea furniture or is it actually? No, they're, they're, a, de- they're a do-it-yourself club. Building furniture and so friendships have a lot in common. Intention, effort, and hard work are needed for both crafts. This is a story of girls in a DIY club. This actually sounds fun. Uh, Crunchyroll. It it's on Crunchyroll. So that is a step down, unfortunately. But Yeah. Uh, PA Works has a, uh, has a show about a girl who joins a maid cafe called The Pig Hut. And it's like hut. some sort of it's like some sort of like Akiba contest between different uh, between different maid uh, maid cafes. Uh, different pigs. Oh jeez. Oh, that's the downside. I I might just bring back the. I'm sorry. I got distracted. I I made a noise and I realized I need to uh, get better isolation Stop from my microphone. Things? No, my the new mic stand I have has poor isolation compared to the old one. Uh, mechanical isolation. Here's uh, another one. David Production is once again taking some uh, some old manga that's been adapted before and doing their own adaptation. This time, Ursa Yatsura. I'm not familiar. Uh, David Production. They're the ones that that were doing the or in, well, still are even the adaptations of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh. That's from part that, one onwards, that show that I don't and, watch. Yes. Yeah, and now they're now they're doing that for Yurusei Yatsura. Now you have to have heard of that show. No. In that manga. No. If you describe no, it, uh, I may. If is there an English name for it, I might know. It, I not really. It was uh, it was one of the early early mangas of Rumiko Takahashi, the the same woman who was behind like Mizanukoku, Ranma One Half, yeah. Inuyasha. Oh, I know this what is this the one, is. This is the one where the Oni aliens invade the Earth and a perverted kid becomes <laughs> the husband of the princess of the Oni. Yeah, I know this show, actually. Um, I see the art for it. I immediately recognize the girl with the the yeah, tiger Lum. skin. Yeah, Lum. If you said it was the show with Lum in it, I would have known. Uh, yes, obviously, I've seen some of this. Source. That's on High Dive, too. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that they tried to keep that um, 80s style. When you look at the characters, they're drawn, though it's drawn in 2022, the style they drew it in is similar to the manga style, you know, the original style from the 80s. They did that for, they did that for JoJo as well. They were nice. They, they try to keep close to the, to the source style. It's actually which really is one cool. of the reasons why I, why I like when they, uh, do adaptations because they do they do a really good job of of sticking to the right look of it. Hmm. Well, this is that's fantastic. I might actually watch that. Yeah, I'm totally interested. Uh, 
the uh, the prospect of watching something that's drawn that way in 2022, like a new show that's drawn in the style of uh, of an old uh, an older era, actually sounds really cool. They don't do that uh, often yet. I'm sure it'll yeah, become a still, trend. It's still drawn. It's still drawn like with modern with modern like techniques and stuff. But they they keep it stylistically. Uh, much more similar to the source material than a lot of other adaptations do. Well, I've got a couple of clips that we can round the show out with. Um, if if you want, I could do the clips, and we're running a little long. It's eight. Uh, it's yeah. A little uh, let me late. let me put it this way. Engage. Engage. So this is a supercut I meant to play last week uh, about Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's some kind, some sort of supercut, and it's just a clip. Uh, of all the times that someone was saying some sort of this, some sort of that on Star Trek The Next Generation. You'll get the idea really soon. I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'm just going to play a clip of it. Here we go. Or some kind of intelligent form. Some sort of parasite. Some kind of parasite. Metal parasite of some kind. Could it be some kind of android? An Ardra of some sort. Some sort of lost child. Some sort of embryo. Subspace beings of some kind. Some kind of pet. Shapeshifters of some kind. <laughs> some sort of anaphasic life form. Some sort of mouse. You kind of get the idea, right? <laughs> yeah. It just goes some odd. sort of monster. Some kind of creature. You're some kind of creature. <laughs> it's a mannequin of some sort. Some kind mannequin. of escort. Antlers of some kind. Throwing us some sort of a bone. Some sort of bribe. Some kind. Any kind of defense strategy. A surprise of some sort. Some sort of catalyst. Some sort of cloning. Some kind of strange concoct. <laughs> some sort of strange concoct. Concoct. Wow. I have one Lude. more. I have one more clip I'm going to danger play because it doesn't have a title. It's just in the folder. And I'm afraid that it, it's four minutes and 50 seconds. That's got to be a song. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this was a clip of Dad. I was going to, yeah, I was going to chop this up uh, from uh, Ship Poster Club. It's four minutes long. I can't play it. Violent, uncontrolled regurgitation. The Japanese government apologized Wednesday to the millions of viewers who have been sickened over the past three decades by the revolting depravity of the nation's pornographic exports. Yeah, okay. This is a great little bit he put together. I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna chop that up and I completely forgot. Uh it's great. There's a lot of great bits inside it. Uh, His show read. is a great one to listen to. Oh yeah, we endorse it. We yeah, any anyone who anyone who likes anime should be listening to Dad's anime podcast. Should we put Dad's anime podcast in the podcast rundown? I feel like we've been uh, neglecting that because I like the show. I'll tell you why it's we, not there. We should. I'll tell you why it's not there. The entire reason that it's not there is because the template for the Rare Encounter show notes doesn't include it. So let me edit the template right now, and I'll add Dad's anime podcast at the bottom. Dad's. And then we'll uh, at least mention what the episode is uh, when he has a new one. And we can pr cross-promote a little bit. There we go. Well, I think that does it. Uh, we got some potential to have boostograms during the show, but unfortunately I don't see any that came in, so there's, uh, there's nothing to read at the end. I think we have to uh, wrap things up here. Do you concur? Yeah, I think so. Well. We got... I got... Uh, some material for next week too so yeah i'll be remote next week again unfortunately yep at least you're not leaving the continent though. I, i'll be in normal uh a slightly shifted time zone but it'll be fine 
So until then, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Alright, stay fruity, boys. Adios! I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down.